Today is March 7th. Sonny Gray is talking shit about Larry Rothschild and co. Severino shoulders talking shit to the rest of his body. Does that make sense? Sevy's hurt. We got a lot of things to talk about. Hicks is still delayed and Ellsbury's coming back. So much going on. Let's talk Yanks. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us and hanging out to hear us talk some Yanks. My name's John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my co-host, Jake, coming to you from Denver, rocking his Talking Yanks t-shirt, sleeves cut off, as always. Yes, sir. People that, think uh, you hate sleeves, Jake. People think you hate sleeves, and I'm here to clear things up. Right. You like long sleeves. Yes. You're either all sleeves or no sleeves, but you don't want to half-ass your sleeve game. I'm not really a tweener. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have a lot of. I do have short sleeve shirts. I have like all the shirts from our store, and I've I've started wearing those. I mean, I'm like a I'm like a goddamn billboard. But yeah, no. I ideally, ideally, I'd be shirtless, and like it's not a sexual thing. Um, it's just it's kind of like, it's kind of like the generic fat guy. I'm always hot. I'm always hot. So yeah, it's usually the minimal clothing requirements, and I had a had a nice situation today that I just informed the people of Twitter about. So I was wearing my Talking Yanks sleeveless shirt, and I had to I had to take the dog to get groomed. So it's like, I mean, driving there, dropping him off, and doing it, it's like a two hour process. So I drop him off, I go to a coffee shop. So I'm like, I don't want to be the guy that goes to the coffee shop in his sleeveless tank top. Um, you know, just fighting off all these different women and men and dogs, mostly dogs because of the smell. But so I put on a shirt and I put on my CC Sabathia, that's for you, bitch mm-hmm. shirt. And I, I didn't even think about it. It was just the closest shirt. So I drop off the dog and I realize it when I get to the groomers and I'm like, this is kind of weird. I'm I'm dropping my dog off at the groomers with a that's for you bitch shirt what is she gonna think does she know baseball at all i think that the dog was for her does she think i'm sexist does she think it's somehow in reference to dogs to female dogs it's better than the last time you went there and you gave her a noodle and said and can you do me too oh i I do that every time uh we're we're gonna need two today So I'm doing kind of the awkward. I'm like covering my stomach a little bit. I'm being, I'm looking like I'm itchy. So I drop off the dog and I get out of there. And then, yeah, I went to the coffee shop and I was wearing it too. And I was like, I'm still not comfortable. Like not a lot of people in the Denver coffee shop are going to get the reference. But uh, yeah, so marketing, Marketing. (laughs) business, business, 
What's what's going on over there? Hi, man. Nothing. My dog Zimmer's just laying on like this little cushion because he threw up all over his bed. So the bed's being washed. So I unzipped it. So now it's just that little like cheese foam cushion. And he's just laying yeah. on it. It looks sad. It looks like what you'd find in an abandoned house where like a homeless dog just found shelter on this small piece of cushion. Like a ripped nice. up couch and a dog just curled up there. It's sad looking, but he's cute. Anyway. It's the dog days of the off season. Oh, say. yeah. We're getting close, though. We're getting close. And uh, we got a lot to talk about this episode, which is fun. Uh, so thank you to these special people for bringing this episode to your attention. We got Alex Pelletier. Yep. You know, you want to say anything about that? No, I was getting excited because we, we have a lot of A names, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. We know Alex Pelletier, right? Uh, I, I don't I Alex, don't know. do we know you? Do we know you? you? How many Pelletiers are there in the world? We know a Sam I think Pelletier. We know, hi, Sam. I think, hi, Sam. Uh, Alex Alfonso. So two Alexes in a row right away. Bam. Yeah, and we kind, we know an Alex Alfano. So it, I think there's... We're, we're having some weird symmetry. AJ Macri, and I'm going to guess that the first yeah. name is uh, Alexander James. So It could be three, three Alexes, Alexes in a row. And then we got Artie Cruz, Artie Turus, who's always with us for John Boy and Jake Radio. Uh, Artie, Online Artie might be short for Alexander. Yeah. So four Alexes in a row, that's crazy. And then Blake Fenwick. That name's close to Fenway. Sure. Wow. And then then the Red Sox have a guy named Blake. So, wow, tough. John P. Bookie? Bucci? Bucci. Bucci? I played hockey with a guy with that name, but he just went by Books. Okay. Books. Books. Yeah. That's kind of a cool nickname. Make you feel smart. I know a a couple guys that went by, like, Booch. Yeah. That's all right. Benjamin Whaley. Yes. And Jason Gold. That's unfair to have the last the gold, name Gold. The, the gold standard tend yeah. So thank you. Those are our most recent Patreon subscribers. We appreciate everything and everyone that helps us out over there. We've been putting up stuff. We've been putting up like we went watch some old past moments now and watch those like the Gary Bounce. And there's more of those coming out. Our behind the scenes vlog episodes have been going up from our spring training trip. We had the contest. We're going to have a future contest coming up after the show today. If you're watching on Patreon, if you're watching the video, which is another perk, stick around at the end because we're going to raffle off the jersey. So if you are a subscriber on Patreon, there's a ton of extra content and perks, and you get a chance to win two jerseys. But most importantly, you support us, and we appreciate that. Bingo. I think we're giving a jersey away after today's show, right? Yep, raffle. Raffle style. Stick so. around. Cool. All right, Jake, let's get straight into baseball. Sure. Baseball. Remember remember last episode you said that Sunday's double split game squad felt like baseball, like it was exciting? Yes. Today, today's game, Wednesday's game, felt like the epitome of a spring training shit fest. It was, it was brutal to sit through. We had some spring training announcers. We had some string, spring training players. It was, it was like there was nothing exciting would happen. There was a good lineup, but it was bad. Reggie Reggie Jackson was in the booth. I actually thought the first couple innings was really interesting from Reggie because I forget how much he spends with the team. 
He's talking about conversations with Gardner. He like goes on the road with these guys. He's there all the time. He says we. He's pretty loyal. He was defending everyone. He went off on yeah. Andrew Hart not winning the Rookie of the Year. He went off on that. Yeah. Coney couldn't get a word in, and I don't think Coney wanted to get a word in. Yeah, it probably crossed. It crossed the point where you just know it's almost not worth it. <laughs> like when when something comes up, you'll participate, but you're just like, you know what, Reggie, knock knock yourself out, dude. And uh, he stepped all over Kenny Singleton's home run call. It was bizarre. Home run for Romine, and and Kenny Singleton's calling it, and he's like, it's far, whatever his call is. And like two seconds in, Reggie Jackson just goes, gone. It's gone. And then, and then, so that's, that, that is a thing that play by play announcers hate. Like Kay hates it when Cone, like right. O'Neill does, he plays it off. Like it's a fun in games, but they actually really don't like it. Yeah. And I understand that. So Singleton just brings Reggie into the conversation right away. And he, and he goes something like, what was that Reggie? You were saying he's got a little pop. And Reggie Jackson just goes right back to him. It's like, why'd that take you so long to call it? You should know that's a home run off the bat. What are you <laughs> drawing it out for suspense? And Kenny Singleton is like, "Yeah, I mean, what, Reggie? What? Yeah. It was yeah. weird. It was it was a bit awkward." Reggie, do you know what we're doing up here? <laughs> <laughs> and this this is live, man. It was weird, but uh, I, I liked it a lot. I saw some people complaining. I liked it, but I don't want to hear Reggie in the booth again. Sure. Willie Randolph was in there the game before. They're doing this whole Legends thing. I didn't think Willie was anything great. People were saying he was great, but I didn't think it was anything fantastic. Yeah. We're just we're trying to keep up with the Mets Legends. <laughs> where do you want to go first, Sevy or Sonny? Um, where do I want to go first, Sevy or Sonny? Let's do Sonny. Let's get it out of the way. All right. So Sonny Gray did an article in The Athletic. To sum it up, he said, you know, they wanted him to throw his slider more which he can't throw for a strike he can only bury it in the dirt for a swing and miss pitch but they wanted him to throw it in other positions which led to him being behind in counts they they did that he uh, he had much more walks at home he went up to larry and said like hey what's this about and they said it's just bad luck and a lot of things uh i'm out on sunny man i mean i there's two sides it's not black and white obviously but I definitely lean more towards the Sonny, shut up side. Yeah. Like, why are you still being talked about on a Yankees podcast when you play for the Cincinnati Reds now? Just shut up. No need to write this article. And the guy who wrote the article was like defending it because he didn't realize he did, he wasn't ready for the New York media either. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't ready for the New York life either. They both weren't. He was trying to defend Sonny. Here's the thing. I think as soon as... Sonny got demoted out of the starting rotation. I think as soon as that happened, Cash, Boone, Larry, the whole crew knew he was gone. I think they were like, you know what? We're trading him. There's no coming back. There's no coming back. So when they asked, like, Larry, are you working on anything? Or was he going to make the playoff roster? Like, I believe that the Yankees fully quit on Sonny. He might have came to them asking for help, and they were like, you're just lucky. Just brushed him by. And that's wrong. That's bad coaching. So I'll say on that side, I think it's terrible. But all the stats show that he didn't throw his slider more. And then even then, did you throw your slider different on road than away? And just just admit you sucked, dude. Yeah. 
yeah, the whole the whole thing gets kind of messy, and I mean it's both sides look bad. Actually, I don't want to say it's it's Sonny taking taking <laughs> going down with the ship, but and there are a couple different dynamics. Like I know uh, one of the things that was kind of alarming to me at first, and you, I I do my best to put myself in their shoes, and like I don't know, you you join a new team. You know, Sonny gets a full off season, and they're like, you know, we we want you to try to pitch like this, and you're like, okay, you know, I'll try it. I'm not that comfortable with it. I I guess the part we don't know is like, how much was the organization hammering this in? Like, how much are the catchers involved that are supposed to be calling the games? How much power does Sonny have? You, I mean, the your first initial reaction to it we had on John Boy and Jake Radio was kind of like, Sonny, be a man and address this. Be- if you if you feel that way, let's yeah. address it and figure something out. And that's what we we don't know. Did any of those conversations happen? Did did Sonny say something like, "Hell, hey guys, I you know I'd really like to I I don't like throwing sliders at those counts. I could only really bury it." And they were like, "Well, you know, we well, Sonny, we want you to try to use that slider a little more." Uh, Sonny and Booney starting to sound similar. You know, we we don't know the extent of those conversations. Like, was Sonny just was he just at his locker kicking like, ah, oh, these guys keep telling me to throw sliders early in the count and that's not how I throw my slider? Or did Sonny Gray ever say something like, guys, I don't feel comfortable pitching like that. It's like, we don't know where the lines are. Nobody looks great in this story. I think, and I don't think Sonny's the results this year are going to be judged on it because people want to hate Larry. Yeah, I'm root- Yeah, people want to hate the coaching staff. And if you're, you've listened to Talking Yanks for any amount of time, you know that I, I can't get in on bashing coaches, hitting coaches or pitching coaches. Cause we just have no idea what goes on behind the scenes and, and everything you hear from people within the industry rave, but yeah, Larry makes mistakes. There's some people that are, that have different coaching things, but he, he's helped a lot of people. There's a lot of people that say good things about Larry. We have no idea as fans. Am I supposed to believe Jake? This is what Sonny wants us to believe. This is where I really, I lose it. Sonny wants us to believe that he's standing on the mound in the middle of a game, in the middle of a poor season, right? with a game on the line, Gary throws down a pitch to call, and Gary's calling, throwing down sliders, and Sonny on the mound is saying, man, I don't think I should throw that pitch here, but they want me to, so I guess I'll just throw it. Oh, look, they, it, didn't, they, it got hit. What idiots they are. And he wants me to feel sympathy for him? Be a fucking competitor, dude. Shake yeah. off the sign and call throw what you want to throw with conviction. You're not going to get any sympathy out of me in that way. It's like, oh, they would want me to throw my slider all the time. Watch this. I'll show them the slider doesn't work. Fuck out of here, Sonny. Boom. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong. I I think the extent we just don't know. Like I you know, that we talk about the nerds and the analytics guys a lot on the show. Not a lot. <laughs> they come up. <laughs> but um like, you know, you're supposed to go into a game with a game, a game plan. Like, now it used to just be, like, the pitching coach, the catcher, and the pitcher. Now it's the pitching coach, the catcher, the pitcher, the nerds, whoever else in the organization is involved. And I don't know. I think, you know, you're supposed to come into a game with the same game plan to the point where I think Sonny has to agree somewhere. And if he doesn't, he almost has to make enough of a stink where it could have got even uglier. Like, imagine if it leaked out last year. Like, Sonny Gray doesn't 
want to throw <laughs> the pitches the Yankees organization want him to be, we'd all be like, what? A, what does that mean? B, like, okay, get out of here, Sonny. Like, we're we're running analytics. So, I don't know. The whole thing's messy. It's it just, it, it just further proof he didn't fit here. He We had to cater to him yeah. and give him Romine. And, like, people gave Gary shit for, like, four weeks. It's Gary's fault that Sonny sucks. And now it's Larry's fault that Sonny sucks. Oh, yeah. dude. Knock, knock, knock. It's fucking Sonny's fault that Sonny sucked. Yeah. And uh, I think Sonny's just contextualizing it in a weird way in this article because like the stats don't back it up so i think he's just like that's what he feels but it's like dude get out of here i just go away yeah well uh there'll there'll be some uh some hooting and hollering on yankees twitter during sunny gray starts yeah we don't play them this year no all right next up sunny to sevy Sevy warming up for his first outing of spring, throwing fastballs, popping the glove, feeling good, getting loose, just signed his Game extension. Time. Rich man. World Series. Let's Gary know he's going to be throwing a slider. Cy Young. Boom, pop, boom, ow, bam, slam, shoulder hurts. No pop. Don't say pop. <laughs> Whatever it was. Just kicked my desk and scared myself. Wow. Shoulder hurts. It's uh, inflamed, which what you need to know is why it's inflamed, and we won't know that till a further look. But the MRI did come up clean, which is good. They're completely shutting Sevy down for two weeks, and it's not like at two weeks they say, "Okay, start throwing again." You're going to start a game. At they two- might. They might, but before they do that, they have right. to say, "Okay, let's see what the problem is." Yeah. So we're two weeks out from diagnosis. Yet. There's, I mean, there's a few different things going on here, right? Because you're right. It's They didn't find anything, so they're giving it two weeks, which is the classic case of, okay, they didn't find something, so do we not know what it is? Or is this a case of, you know, they didn't find something, his shoulder's just a little sore, it's spring training, let's be careful with the guy who's supposed to be our ace that we just paid, and we just don't really know where we land yet. And, yeah, it's, uh, it sucks. Yeah, because if he does start throwing, even if he does start throwing as soon as he's back, he still has to do spring training. So get, like, 100 pitches in. I think Coney said it was that, like, 100 pitches when they started feeling good. Yeah. And then when they got to the sixth inning of, like, one game. So he'd have to do that. So he's not going to be on the team for the first couple weeks of spring, of the season, which is different when we thought he was going to be our opening day starter. And he's not, and CC also is not going to be on the team because he's he's going to be held back from injuries. So we're down CC and Savvy. We kind of knew CC already. I, I I tug of war in my brain is happening, Jake. Yeah. And the optimistic or or the like the, the it's not that bad spin is you lose pitchers. We lost Tanaka for a month last year. Yep. Uh, he we still won a hundred games. Tanaka lost was still Monty. Tanaka was still yes, but well. Losing Savvy for the full season would be a huge blow. But, like, we can right. absorb a month of losing him and to have it happen right away. That's Oh, sure. That's fine. Like, we lost Tanaka for, what, a month or three weeks or something last year, and he still had yeah. a good season. Yeah. So to have it happen now is fine. Starting the season without Savvy, it's worse than starting with him. But you can absorb it this quick. It's not that bad. We do have um, lasagna and Herman German lasagna, our favorite recipe. 
Sessa better not get a shot. Sessa, chance. No, it's got to be Herman or Lasagna. David Hale. So we do have those, all right? So that's fine. That's good. It can be absorbed if it's nothing. Hopefully it's nothing, and he just gets a late start to the season now. That's, that's still best case. Literally, the best, best case from here is two weeks, Sevy can start throwing, and that would essentially have him back for late week two, week three of the regular season. That's best, best, best case. Yes. Yeah. Medium what, case is he misses you, like a month sh- of the season. Yeah, I I think any anything before May 1st is kind of a win, right? Yes. Which a sucks win in now. a losing situation. Yeah. Here's my thing. I tweeted this out and I said, let's go get Geo. Are we going in and are we are we doing this right now? Because I know we have some voicemails and stuff, but it's it's the topic of Yankee Land. Do we have a voicemail that leads into this? Let me see. We do, right? I think well, so. Let's, yeah. I want to I want to do it ourselves, and then we'll we'll, we'll okay. sprinkle the voicemails. We'll, we'll on. adjust. I tweeted out, "We should go get Geo now." Sure. And here's the responses: uh, No, we should get Keiko. No, we don't need Geo. Right. We have the young guys, Lazan and Herman, Lazan and Herman. So I'm going to respond to those responses. Keiko comes with a draft pick. He comes with a lot more money and years. So if this is just a month for Sevy, that's crazy. Don't we don't need to do Keiko. Especially Cash loves it. Not that we don't need to. Cash isn't going to do it. Geo, we could probably get for really cheap on a one-year deal. So that's the response to Keiko. I'm still whatever. Not in on Keiko. Geo's different than that. I take Geo over him because of the years and the situation. Unless Sevy's done for the season, then get Keiko, I guess. Herman and Lasagna can fill in for a month. That's fine. And they probably will because if we sign Geo, his spring training is pushed back too. He's not, it's like we're going to sign Geo and then he's going to be ready to start. But we're starting the season now with CeCe out and Sevy out and potentially. Lasagna and Herman in the starting five. So we did have some depth. It's fully taxed. March 29th comes and our starting pitching is taxed. So if you sign Geo to a cheap deal and just say, go get some work done in the minors for a little bit and be there, because what happens now? Like, what, ha- like if Geo's out there for cheap on a cheap deal, what's the harm? And then, because what happens now if we start with our with our depth fully taxed and Herman or Lasagna like suck because there's no guarantee they're going to be good. We all love their promise and their hope. They showed great signs. There's no guarantee that they're going to be even serviceable. To be honest, they're still a crapshoot. And I know I'm a cynical fuck when it comes to prospects. But so like just go get go get some depth right now if it's available is what I would say. Yeah. So we're I'll 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 give the opposite side of the argument because I'm I'm in a similar boat to you but I mean I'll I'll talk about what Yankees you know a lot of Yankee fans are talking about and it, it is the fact that you know some of Domingo Herman's numbers are nice guy threw 85.2 innings last year and had 102 strikeouts that would have been the best uh K per nine of any of our starting pitchers even better than Seve. so the guy's got stuff and he can strike you out but at a certain point you have to be able to pitch and 
He had a 5.57 ERA last year. He had 14 games started. So, I mean, he was given a little bit of an opportunity, and we, we saw it in his last start. They basically said, dude, you're done. And then so we saw a little bit of Johnny Lasagna, and he had a couple nice starts for us. Um, and he's, he's jumped up in our prospect ratings. Everyone likes him. He's got a wipeout slider. Um, he's got a cool nickname. I know people, people were saying, I said he had a 5'11 ERA last year, and people are saying, well, it's small sample size. And it's like, you're making the same argument I am right now. Like, yeah, he looked good, but we haven't seen a ton of them. And, like, these guys could come out and do the same thing next year, and it wouldn't be shocking. Like, okay, they have good stuff. They have some good days. They have some bad days. But I think the goal that we've been pushing for is to win the AL East, to put us in the best position we can to win the World Series. And we had we had a lot of games started by weird guys last year, Jimmy. We had 40 games started by Chance Adams, Jonathan Older, Lasagna, Sessa, Monty, not weird, but uh, Lance Lynn, and Domingo Herman. And so that doesn't count the 23 starts from Sonny Gray, which half of them were duds. So that's 40 starts. That's more than one starting pitcher we had kind of go to this mishmash of guys you're not super comfortable with on the mound. I guess I could take Monty out, and and that would make it from 40 to 33. So a whole season of a starting pitcher starts. Chance Adams, Jonathan Older, Lasagna, Sessa, Lance Lynn, and Herman. Okay? So if you think we're going to sign Gio and he's not great and these other guys are studs, you could be right. If Lasagna and Herman were to hit, it could be a giant boost to this organization, and it's something I've been talking about lately, that a lot of these guys on the, you know, we're obviously the Glabers, Judge, Anduhar, you know, they are what they are, Severino. But when we look back in the Yankee history books, where are the guys like, you know, some guys who are gone, Tyler Austin, is he a 10-year MLB player? What is Tyler Wade? What's Johnny Lasagna? What's Domingo Herman? That's when we're going to truly know what the depth in this farm system was. So if you're sitting there at home right now and you're saying, yo, Lasagna and Herman are studs, let's roll them out there, you could be right. You could also be wrong. And Gio Gonzalez, the only variable we don't know, Jim, is how much he's really looking for money-wise. Clay Buckholtz just got signed in Toronto. And if you're not a Clay Buckholtz fan because you don't think he's good or because he was a Red Sox, you have some merit there. He's been very up and down. Clay Buckholtz had 16 starts last year, 98 innings, with a 2.01 ERA, okay? And he's a 3.86 lifetime ERA guy. And he just got a one-year, $3 million contract. So let's say Gio thinks he's a little better than that. He's got to know the free agent market and what's going on in baseball. I mean, how, how much money are we getting into? Five mil, six mil? To have that kind of insurance policy, a guy that... Gio Gonzalez has a 369 career ERA, and I think in the past two years, like 370 innings, he has a, a 358. Like, if you can bring that guy in as an extra piece of insurance to ensure we don't have to throw Sessa, Chance Adams, someone like that, I mean, why not? Why not have that insurance? Little rant there, huh? Yeah, but we agree. You said you were going to play devil's advocate, but you didn't. We agree. I started with the devil's advocate, and then I got out of it. I just, you're banking on too much if you think 
Sessa, who we think is going to start the year in the bullpen, Herman and Luizaga are all three going to have breakout seasons. Like that's 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 fantasy land. And even if they do, what if they're pitching really well and then they get hurt? If you get hurt and miss work, it won't hurt to miss work. But they give you cash, which is just as good as money. How about that commercial? It's good, Yogi. I think we're done with that. Like that's all we have to say about it, right? Yeah. Oh, the yeah. You got the Keuchel part. That's not. I will happening. say this: the 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 Loizaga ERA is fugazi. He had like one relief appearance where they let him get knocked around because they didn't care. And if you take that out, I think it's like a three something ERA. Yeah, and I and I get it. And he's he's got good stuff, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a good player for us in 2019. Uh, it means he projects to be a good player over the coming years. So I I just don't know. Like, I, I saw people giving the April argument, and I've defended Herman a lot. I think Herman could be a really good pitcher in this league. Oh, yeah, if he harnesses it. Oh, I mean, he's he's got filthy stuff when it's right. Um, we, it's it's just, are we rolling the dice again? You know, what if what if this Boston team still has a bunch of magic and they go up five, six games early in the season. I mean, that's that's just the game we're playing. Yeah. We can absorb a couple missed starts from Sebi with Loizaga and Herman. So let's hope that's all it is. I mean, if it if it's a couple weeks, like yeah, I'm into it. But you know, this Severino thing could go down a couple different paths. The CC thing could go down a couple different paths. And then what if someone else gets injured? So We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I wanted. Oh, the biggest news, Jake. The biggest yes. news of the so uh, happy. the week. Let me. Do I have something on the soundboard? Play the fight song. That gets us just really gets the point across about how good this news is. Let's try this one. I don't know what this one even is. Let's see. Yeah. Jacoby. I'm back. Ellsbury. I'm hurt. <laughs> Ellsbury's coming back. Due to report to camp March 16th, March 17th. What's he going to do? 10. So what? what's he got? 10 days to get ready for opening day? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's going to be. What? You know who's got to be pissed right now? Wade. My doppelganger, Tyler Wade. Well, Ellsbury's not opening day going to be on opening day. He hasn't played baseball in two years. Think of how much rehab Ellsbury's going to need to play in a game for the Yankees. You think he's going to be able to do it in 10 days? Dude, he hasn't played baseball in two years. I mean, couldn't he go Fugazi and be like, I'm healthy, you have to activate me from the DL? Uh, I think he tried to do that last year, and they were like, no. Then we start going... We start going players union and stuff. I mean, I don't think it'll happen. I, I think you're right because I, I laughed out loud because they reported it during the game and they go, yeah, he's running on flat ground again. When that's your highlight, we've got a ways to go. Yeah. But uh, what yeah, comes man, after I, running on flat ground? Is he swinging a bat? Oh, <laughs> uh. I thought is it was going to be he like swinging a bat right now. Has he has he done outfield drills? What's what's Jacoby Ellsbury able to do? 
So does, I mean, does does running on uneven ground or a hill or like rocks ever come into play? Why why is it always he's running on flat ground? Like there's no step above that. It's like oh he's conquered the flat ground. Let's go make him run the bases on uh, brick and rocks. Well, did he did he wasn't it his hip? Jake, it was everything. I mean, the <laughs> hip was what oh he had God. surgery on, but it was yeah. literally hip thing. Uh, there was a like a foot thing, a back thing. Yeah, is everything. So I, I don't know. I mean, we we would have lost that bet if Jacoby Ellsbury reported to spring training. Yeah, it's about ten days before the season, so don't don't expect him there. But Jimmy, I mean, think about what we're talking about here. It, if it's a full month, which I mean, a full month is a full month. That's mid-April. I have no idea how it's going to play out, but I know I'm excited. Speaking of Ellsbury, does this hurt Clint's shot or does his bad spring hurt his shot? We said that we were going to keep tabs on the five guys that or four five guys that we thought keeping tabs on was worthwhile, Jake. Sure. So take these with a giant bucket of salt and make yes. with them what you will. But we are going to report to you. Here's what you got. Bird, 15 at bats, 400 batting average. 1.300 OPS. Voigt, 13 at-bats, 308 batting average, two home runs, 1.126 OPS. A little lower than Bird's OPS. Clint, 16 at-bats, 188 batting average, 6.663 OPS. Not good. Wade, he's hitting 316 with a 1.065 OPS. Four doubles, six hits, and Tulo went hitless in his last game. So he's played three games. He went hitless in most of his game. Well, let's do this again. Yeah. For any new listeners, uh, our our listenership has been growing, which is good. And I think there's a lot of new listeners in baseball sure. who um, would love to be privy to the stats, the newish newest age stats that are out there, right. but don't know the scale. OPS is one of those. We did this every couple episodes last season, I feel like. So just for anyone that's like, what's OPS? It's It takes in on base percentage and slugging. So do you get on base? And when you hit the ball, do you hit it nice and hard? It's a, it's a nice stat. Uh, it's better than batting average. The analytic people will tell you there's even better WOBA and all that stuff, which is good. But for the common fan, I think OPS is good to know. If your OPS starts with eight, that's good. Good. If your OPS starts with nine, it's very good. All-star. If your OPS starts with 1.0, that's like your superstar. MVP. MVP, yeah. Uh, so sevens would, I guess, be average, but no one's really celebrating a seven, although we did celebrate a seven for Romine last year. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I don't know. I, I think the Clint thing has been kind of set in stone. Um, I don't think the Ellsbury news affects it that much, but maybe it does. I still love the way he looks at the plate, and that's why you you started this with the you said a bucket of salt, which I liked. Clint you, took a walk today. He looks in control of the zone. He got got by that changeup. Did you see that? Uh, the Yankees posted on Instagram. Did you he, he see him talking to Lee Mazzilli? I think yeah, it was? I, po- I posted a thing of it because it made me laugh when Mazzilli punched him, and Clint goes, "You think that made me hurt? You think that hurt?" 
And Mazzilli goes, if I wanted it to, it would. Yeah. Classic old man. Classic old man exchange. Um, And I thought it was... We talked about all these advisors, and the different guys in these ears must be saying, like, different stuff that it's, like, cool to hear. But at the same time, they kind of... You got to sift through it pretty good. Like, Lee Mazzilli dropped the... He's like... Hey, I'd rather see uh, hit eight home runs with 90 RBIs than uh, 22 homers with 48 RBIs. And Clint was like, "Yeah, yes, sir." <laughs> yeah, it's like you good answer, Clint. <laughs> you yeah. Just get out of there. It's just a polite way of saying, "Don't swing for the fences." Yeah, yeah. But you have to sift through that to get there. <laughs> just, yeah. Just make good contact, kid. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to some voicemails. I think that's uh, next on the table. Mm. We got a Stephen couple- Wright. Oh, Stephen Wright. Red Sox bullpen guy, knuckleball reliever, which is weird as hell. Knuckleballer. Popped for steroids. Um, was injured. Probably trying to recover. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Poppy did steroids. Fuck the Sox. Blah, blah, blah. Pettit did steroids. Everyone does steroids. I've, Who cares? I've, I've got kind of a douchey Yankee fan statement if they want it before voicemails. Hit him. Hit us with it. Now up, Jiggy the douchebag. After Brazier, Wright might be the scariest guy out of their bullpen to me just because if he's on, you have to deal with it for the rest of the game, basically. Rubber arm. Like, if he's just... If he comes in and he's getting guys out, you start clenching the bat tighter, and then next thing you know, Stephen Wright's in there three innings, no earned runs. So I think he was pretty low on their depth chart, though. He came in once, and I remember him having a good performance against us, and you're just like, are you kidding me? It's like it's extra salt in the wound that it's a knuckleballer out of the bullpen. Yeah, their bullpen sucks, but I think he's behind Barnes and Embry. And... I've seen us get to those guys. Right. And you know they're only going to do it for an inning, inning and a half, you know? The rubber arm factor is kind of good. It's a factor. Uh, let's do... Uh, you want to go Negative Town first or Happyville? Uh, negative. Okay. It's your dude Joe from Nebraska. Hey, John Boy and Talking Jake. This is Joe from Nebraska. I ran over some interesting uh, stats this weekend, and... I think Jake would appreciate this. I called Miguel Andujar on Twitter a uh, human air maker and got a lot of pushback on that. And I dug into the stats a little deeper. I'm just astonished that the Yankees doubled down on Miguel Andujar after, after seeing these. So Miguel Andujar, and I'll call it APG, attempts per game, and then the other one I'll use will be airs per game, Okay. So he averages 1.3 attempts per game and commits an error on one of every 11 attempts, okay? Let's put that into perspective. So Matt Chapman averages 2.2 attempts per game, but one out of every 16 attempts he makes an error. Go up, Kyle Seeger, I've bashed on him on Twitter, and especially with talking with Jake multiple times, and he averages 2.1 attempts per game, but only commits an error one out of every 23 attempts. Astonished. Like, I'm in the let's go get Kyle Seeger. Some other interesting ones is Nolan Arenado, 2.05 attempts per game, one out of every 22 attempts he makes an error. 
Mike Moustakis, who signed for one year, $9 million, 2.03 attempts per game, one out of every 21 opportunities he commits in the air. An interesting one is Raphael Devers. He attempts 2.1 attempts per game and commits an error on one of every 10 attempts. So he gets to nearly double the balls, but he makes an error just as a, at the clip of Anduar. So he's also a human error maker. Dude, this is bad. Like, <laughs> Anduar not only gets the balls, but he also blunders them when he does get to them. And early early on in spring training, his feet suck. He, he continues to double tap. His throws are whack. I have no idea what the Yankees did, but to double down on that, that is shocking. That is shocking. And, Jake, I apologize, but I'm loving the rebound Kyle Seager. I feel like there could be a possibility of a trade swap there with maybe like an Ellsbury or something if the hitting comes back. But anyway. Well, cut out because it was a very long voicemail. But a lot of info there. I think uh... – I think that it's known that Andujar was brutal on defense last year. There's still people that fight us on it, and they'll just throw errors and say Glaber made just as many errors, and they don't realize things like that. He didn't get to a lot of balls. Right. I kind of I can't bash on his defense anymore. Like, I just need – like, I'm over last season. I just need to see where we're at this season. And Will brought right. up a good thing in the chat. They didn't double down on Andujar. They got – LeMayu, who's been playing a good amount of third this spring, and I think he's they're going to be quick to to put him at third if Andujar's botching stuff. Yeah, and I I think de- depending who's out there on a given day, um, I think baseball's changing a little bit with what we saw towards the end of last Yankee season. Is like late game replacements are going to become a thing if Andujar takes his third or fourth at bat in the seventh seventh inning I think you're going to see LeMahieu come in for him or they're going to move the guys in the infield around a little bit yeah and it gets tough with the the attempts and errors I mean what that's trying to show is guys range and how often they make errors obviously it also the pitching staff factors into all of that yeah, and the I, if you're wondering why Joe mentioned Kyle Seager a few times, I was I was talking about a world where maybe they throw Kyle Seager in to a Paxton trade because he he is getting paid a lot of money, and what Joe was mad about is Kyle Seager had a bad year last year. But that's the beauty of baseball; you could bounce right back. Kyle Seager was injured. Um, I accept your apology, Joe. That doesn't mean I'm not going to dig up the tweets. No, we're okay for now. But uh, Jim, you what you first said is like. We have to see. I personally, the clutch thing drives us nuts. You and I feel like that should have been the first thing when it was, you know, Andujar, take the rest of October off, November 1st, meet me on the field. We're getting rid of the double pump, right? Yeah. And it was shocking. He came out and said, like, I no, I'm comfortable with it. I'm keeping it. And it's like, okay, that's pretty scary. Because what you were comfortable with didn't work last year. On the other side of that, Joe said he didn't like what he saw from Andujar's feet so far. I actually have. He's almost moving his feet so much. Like someone told him, like, yo, be on your feet. That that a couple of those highlights, he's like, <laughs> he's tap dancing a little bit. I like that better than being flat-footed. End of the day, we just have to see it. You know, if he's double pumping and or 
tapping the ball and throwing sidearm, but the throw gets there in time and gets guys out, we don't give a damn. But I don't know. Like, the not getting rid of the pump thing, that's tough. <laughs> and the sidearm sling of the throw, whatever. It's, uh, we'll see. We have to wait and see. I'll say this, this is my positive theory, and I think I mentioned it on here, or maybe I said it in his PPP. But um, a guy's that talented and has that much eye hand. Your famous line, Jim, that you have, you know, and you're uh, in Lavalette, New Jersey, you got to hit to get off the island. Yeah. Can't walk yourself off the island. Andujar gets to the major leagues and he rakes. He puts on a show. Should have won rookie of the year. He comes into the offseason and says, I got benched in a playoff game because I can't I couldn't play defense. Like, I think if you're that talented and now you've seen yourself hit at the major league level, you can go into that offseason and say, I gotta learn how to play defense. So that's my optimistic spin. We're not going to know until about probably April 15th. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Funny if they started bunting on him. Him and CeCe. I don't think we're going to see him and CeCe combo a lot. I think that's yeah. not going to happen. Let's go to a You're happy right. voicemail. Yo, what is up, John Boy and Jake? It's Cameron from Midtown East. And I got to say, I am super excited by this Yankees team right now. I mean, I just have to say, Gardner, I mean, I'm glad he hit those two bombs because now everyone's going to shut up about him not being the starting left fielder at the start of the season. I'm just really excited to get the season rolling. I think our guys already look really good. I think the starting five is going to be great. Have we forgotten that CC actually had a lower ERA than Tanaka last year? Like, CC is a stud, and, and we're over here complaining, like, well, we're not, but, like, those Yankees naysayers. You're right, Jake. There's going to be that one guy. There's going to be one guy, one signing, one thing that goes wrong, and all the fans are going to go ballistic that are the naysayers. But I got to say, I'm really excited for this team. You know, I think Tulo's going to be a good shortstop. I think he is going to play. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, love you guys. Um, and uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. That's an excited voicemail. That's a little different. He did say the five were going to be great. Might have been before the Severino injury. See if he's still as happy. Yeah, it was kind of funny that day with the graphic that came out with the five Yankee starters and their ERA under, you know, 3-8 or whatever it was. And now, you know, three days later and two of them will be on the DL to start the season. <laughs> did you see the stat I pulled up? How many pitchers had 25-plus starts Yeah, with a ERA under 3-8? And it was 20, and the Yankees have five of them now? Yeah. Pretty nice. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sam from the Jersey Shore calling again. Just got my dugout mug. It's fucking awesome. Hey um, On another note, just a quick point. I've been watching. Uh, Jake mentioned this in the, the episode on Monday that about about how well he's been He's been worried to hop on the Tulo train because he knows that if he hops on, he's going to get injured. Uh, I have a hypothetical for you. If Didi comes back on, I don't know, July 15th, and Tulo's got a two, I don't know, 270 with 15 homers, and he's the Tulo of the Toronto days, what do you do when Didi comes back? Do you? All right. 
Do we? Uh, I didn't want to do this one. I've left it in, but thanks, Sam, because we've done it a lot. What do you do? If Tulo's hitting really well and Didi's coming back, my answer is something's going to answer that for us. An unforeseen event will answer that for us before we even get there. Yeah, remember when we talked about are we going to sign a six pitcher, six starting pitcher all off season, and like what would we do with them? Who's going to be this? Who's going to be the odd man out? Right now, they'd be our fourth starter. So <laughs> these things figure themselves out. Hey, guys. Uh, something pretty cool just happened when I was coming home from my baseball practice at Pier 40 in New York. Uh, I was on the train, right, and I was sitting next to someone as I was listening to the DJ LeMayu PPT, and the guy next to me was actually listening to it as well, and I was like, wow. Uh, you know, that's my story of the day. Anyway, I just thought that was really cool. That you guys should be here. It was the one train, New York City. It was pretty cool. Uh, we're the official podcast of the one train. Pretty cool stuff. And I, I wanted to give some love, Jimmy. At the end of last episode, I asked for some reviews because um, that number one review showing up was Iggles that, with his one star. These are idiots. That son of a bitch. We agreed with all the comments, not the stars. Um, and I think since then we've got uh, we, we still have that bad math intern. I think we've had like 35 reviews in the past really? couple days. Yeah, we went from 517 to 553. So I think that's 36. Who's our math guy? Well, I fired the math intern. He was doing a terrible job. I Our math intern is bad. That guy's never getting hired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 36. So thank you guys so much. Um, we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, man, we... Uh, My dog just spun 7,000 circles. He spins the circles, you know, as dogs do before they sit down. But it's like, a, it's like a balancing act with how many circles can I do before I throw up? And can I sit down before that happens? And he just failed. He did like... Yeah. On it, he did like 11 spins, and then it was like, okay, you got to sit down now because you're going to throw up after the 12th spin. Kicked it for the 12th spin, threw up. Now he's left the room, and I just have some dog throw up in here. Just watch the whole thing happen. It's like spin, spin, spin. Sit down, bud. Sit down. Come on. You got it on this one. The rhythm's great. Sit down. Sit down. Just kept spinning. You're going to throw up? Zim, you're going to throw up? <laughs> one more spin. Blech. Leafs. I got a fucking room full of vomit now. <laughs> I had something that was going to make you feel better before the throw up part. Because I was going to say, what if your dog in his old age just became like a hypochondriac? Where he's like, he keeps, he's looking at the chair and he's like, ah, oh, it's dirty, it's dirty. Okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to say, I can't do it. I can't Yo, do it. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah, but not the throw up part. <laughs> that's, that's and last random anecdote, which brings us back to baseball a little bit. I'm on Kyle Seeger's baseball reference. His middle name is Doer, D-U-E-R-R. Doer. Got to be a maiden Doer. name. Maiden name. Kyle Doer, Seeger. Doer, Seeger. Doer. Doer, Seeger. Get up there and Doer, Seeger. Doer. Now I got to see if his brother has a silly name. Hey, the guys. Andrew man. from Hell's Kitchen. People stop acting like the Yankees don't have depth. Herman, Loisica, like... I know they had bad ERAs last year, but come on, that's lazy analysis. They had, they have good stuff. They have good underlying stats. The Yankees are a good player development team, one of the best in the league. If you uh, ask, if you listen to a lot of the 
the smart podcast people. They'll tell you, you know, the Yankees and the Astros are some of the smartest teams in the league. And just in general, I hate the narrative of you have to have depth. Because if depth players were any good, they wouldn't be depth players. And sure, sign Gio to a freaking minor league deal, whatever. If we're going to go with guys who had, like, not that amazing seasons last year, I'd rather go with the young guys than the old guys, okay? Because it's not like Gio Gonzalez is a sure thing either. His walk and strikeout rates are terrible. Or not that good. Later. Put this one on the show. <laughs> uh, in a funny roundabout way, me and um, uh, uh, me and uh, Hell's Kitchen Andrew. I was just gonna say Anthony, but I knew that was wrong. I was like, I yeah. know his name. If me and me and Andrew from Hell's Kitchen agree, but we're coming mm-hmm. at it from two different angles, because he's like, sign yeah. Geo for cheap, whatever, and I'm like, yes, yeah, sign Geo for cheap. That's exact, and let the kids start, but sign them, because, and he's right. Depth are usually bad players, otherwise they're starters. But Geo's not on a single team right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I went on my rant earlier. We'll uh. At, the thing is, everyone could be right right now, Jim. The young guys could be good. The young guys could be bad. Geo could be good. Geo could be bad. We could only need, we could only need the young guys for two weeks. We could need starts all year. I don't know. The, I'd say the biggest factor is wh- how much is Geo Gonzalez actually going to sign somewhere for? And if it's under like six million dollars, and it's not the Yankees, I think I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. Like, even, even if my guy Holder, who I've defended all year, like, even if guys like Holder or Canely had to take the Scranton bucks, bus for 10 days while they had to figure out some roster stuff, like, you do that because you're trying to build a championship team. And win the championship. And when, that's what we're trying to do here. That's the goal. That's the goal. Judge did an AMA on Reddit today, and I, I set an alarm because I wanted to ask him a question and then throw, like, a come on talking Yanks. Right. And then I got busy doing something else and I just ignored my alarm and I missed out on that opportunity. So nice. I am a giant dumb dumb. I got to go read his AMA, see if he see if he said anything interesting, though. I should have prepped that for the show. Maybe I'll save it for another thing. Corey Seager's middle name is Drew, not Andrew Drew. So there's a D connection door. Door, Seeker. Door. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back on what's today. This is Thursday's show. So we'll be back tomorrow with the PPP. How about that? Yeah. You guys have been uh, you guys have been listening to the hell out of those, and we appreciate it. Go yeah. Yanks. Go Yanks. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees. Patrons, stay around for Wheel of Raffle. <laughs> <laughs>